All efforts should be made to strengthen our regulatory system to prevent a recurrence of the crisis and to cushion the effects if another crisis occurs. However, if adequate reforms are not made, or if they are made but prove insufficient to prevent dangerous buildups of financial risks, we must remain open to using monetary policy as a supplementary tool for addressing those risks. And I'm David Kestenbaum. Today is Monday, January 4th. That was Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke you heard at the top saying things you don't usually hear people like Ben Bernanke and central bankers say. He's saying that if they think there's a bubble coming or we're in a bubble, they might consider using interest rates to stop that. Usually the idea is that it's up to the market to sort those things out. So on the show today, we are going to talk about a list that ranks countries by how corrupt they are. And we're going to go down the list to number 19. But first, since today is our very first podcast of the year, we've actually been going back to some old emails from you today. Last year, we asked you for predictions where you thought the economy would be right now, which brings us to our indicator, David. It is zero. Yep. That is the number of you who are anywhere near right. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It turns out you are just as good as the professionals. Congratulations. Okay. So here are some of them. Mark wrote us, and he said he thought that by now unemployment would be at 7%. It's 10%. Michael thought China's GDP would have a negative 2% growth. In fact, according to the World Bank, China's economy grew by more than 8% in 2009. Mark thought the Dow would be at 7,000. And it's over 10,000 right now. And Bill predicted that President Obama would make the cover of Time magazine for the 20th time. That one actually may be right. We, <laughs> we, we didn't, didn't check that one. We didn't check that one. Not bad for some guesses made in the middle of December last year. We were still pretty deep in the drama of our biggest financial crisis since the Great Depression. And really, nothing nothing was clear back then. And, you know, it's not like you did any worse than professionals. No, actually, Adam and Alex, our colleagues, they just did this great story on NPR and This American Life, where they were checking in with economic forecasters, asking them, you know, what their predictions were for the coming year. It's a great story. You should listen to it. But a synopsis, economic forecasters are predicting the U.S. economy will grow at a healthy pace in 2010. Or it'll sputter along at a standstill. Or somewhere in between. See, one of those has to be true. (laughs) Okay, so thank you all for sending us your indicators. They were really smart, and it was like a fun little time capsule to open up and read. Today, we'd love to do it again. If you want to take a few minutes and think about where you think we'll be in 2011 and send them along to us, planetmoney at npr.org. So before the holiday break, we were talking about corruption, and we talked to Nuhu Ribadu, who had tried to begin the huge task of making Nigeria less corrupt. It's really a heroic story, and unfortunately, it's a story where the hero eventually had to leave the country. He did. Uh, Corruption can be a huge drag on a country's economy, and... And it can be very, very hard to get rid of. When we were doing that story, I was looking at this list that ranks countries least corrupt to most corrupt. And Nigeria was near the bottom. But you know what surprised me? We are not at the top of the list. The U.S. is not the least corrupt. I mean, okay, I didn't think we were maybe number one, but I thought we'd be like three or something. Number one is New Zealand. Next on the list, number two is Denmark. 
then Singapore. You have to go all the way down on this list to number 19 to find the United States of America. The list is put out by a group called Transparency International, and I talked to German Brooks there. He is uh, from the UK, which is number 18. They're one spot better than us on the list. And he said... Yeah, you know, your your country has corruption. Um, but keep in mind, this is a, a perception index, a perception rating. So it's sort of what people make of these various countries, what businesses and other people think uh, corruption is like or, or have experienced corruption to be like in these countries. So some stuff that to us feels like business as usual to them seems a little odd. And one thing he pointed out, one reason our country is ranked where it is, is uh, all that money that flows to politicians. A lot of the political... Uh, contributions which are made in the U.S., most people would say they were um, questionable to the extent of being undesirable uh, because they can influence the outcome of of laws and um, campaign con- decisions. Campaign contributions, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I suppose they're they're called campaign contributions. But I mean, if if you if you realize, you know, uh, one of the reasons for the difficulties with with healthcare reform, one of the reasons why there's probably not going to be any change in the um, regulation of rating agencies, the answer is money. And and a lot of money is paid into Congress. And although this is not quite so um, visible, there there is the sort of feeling that um, I I think, you know, the the business world does take advantage of, um, you know, its, its, um, its clout. Uh, to um, many times legitimately influence uh, political decisions uh, in its interest, but at other times uh, that uh, margin between, you know, what is still legal and what is then unethical is um, is stepped over. And so you get, um, I think, the, the perceptions, and, and that's probably why the U.S., um, Never, never comes out quite at the same level as the sort of Finlands and, uh, and Norways and so on. You say uh, perception. I mean, this is the transparency perception index, right? So, how do you actually go about measuring it? Well, it's it's a an index of indices. So we um, we never um, before a country can be included in the index, there must be at least three other independent sources. So things like uh, you know a World Bank index or Freedom House, or the Economist Intelligence Unit, uh, you know, all of these organizations do analyses of countries, and um, one or other aspect of these analyses usually refers to the level of corruption. It could be um, disguised. It may not be direct corruption. It may be efficiency of the bureaucracy, things like that. But, it, but, but are, these, uh, are these, these are perceptions, basically, the, at the bottom of this, are, are, are surveys done by various people, or are they real are, measurements? These are, these are surveys done by these other organizations, and we then, provided there are at least three, we then take them and rebase them um, statistically so that we can, we can then have one, one index uh, with these 160 countries in. I see. What's the difference between being 19 where the United States is and being number one where New Zealand is? I mean, say I want to get a building permit or something. What's How is that different in the United States, you know, if I'm trying to do it in the United States, compared to if I'm trying to do it in New Zealand? New Zealand I don't know so well, but um, you know, I'm often in Scandinavia, and there's just a general sense um, of ordinary citizens in those countries, that this is just unacceptable, and we don't want anyone doing it. Whereas, if I compare that with my own country, the UK, um, people are not so um, 
well, Puritan, if you want to use that word. I mean, they, they would say, well, yeah, of course, you know, um, in normal circumstances, we won't do it. But, um, you know, if the temptation is very strong or there's a, there's a huge need to do something, then perhaps you, um, you cut a few corners. You know, we use phrases like that, don't we? Yeah, and, you, I, and you, you are just one spot above us on the corruption. And I, and you so edged I us think, out. I think probably, um, you know, the, the, uh, the old Protestant tradition, which is very, very strong, it's the Lutheran tradition in Northern Europe, I think, I think that just um, calls for this sort of uh, moral uprightness, if you like, of, of ordinary citizens. And uh, if you've got that, then that, that's great, because it then means that most of society will then follow those rules. It's, if, you've, if you've got it partially, it means that, um, you know, there's, there's almost no petty corruption uh, in, in our countries, in the United States or in Britain. So you don't have a problem with these damn grease payments and facilitation payments that you get all over the world, you know, beginning in southern Europe. But um, the, the, the larger payments and, and corruption, particularly in, in infrastructure projects, you know, building, construction, all of those sort of areas, I'm afraid, is still uh, not uncommon. Uh, it kind of sucks to hear. I mean, it's not we don't have like where you have to pay bribes to get your car registered. But he's actually saying what we have is bigger stuff. It, I mean, clearly, we're not Nigeria, but uh, you know, I started to feel silly. I started to think about this. I thought, oh yeah, Rod Blagojevich mm-hmm. arrested on corruption charges. Baltimore, where I live, mayor recently convicted of misappropriating gift cards intended for the poor. Hmm. And, and, you know, you read all the time the stories in local papers where some developers doing a favor for a politician in exchange for a contract. There is this constant low level of corruption. Now, Brooks was quick to point out that it may just be that we're more aware of uh, corruption in the United States, in part because we have a very active media that is finding these things out and publicizing them. So he said that that could be one reason why people rank the U.S. where they do. Now, Brooks has spent, you know, a while watching how countries move on this list over the years. And he says, yes, they do move around and the U.S. probably could get better, for instance. But, David, you asked him in particular about the bottom of the list. What's it like, you know, in the, let's see, what is the bottom? Somalia is the bottom of the list right now. What What does it mean to be that low on the list? For the worst performers, you mean? Yeah. Um, Well, it means that particularly the poor people uh, are pursued the whole time. Uh, Either um, they have demands uh, to pay small bribes or they have to pay small bribes to get anything they want. There's a a very good film by a film director from Kenya where he describes what um, a poor Kenyan family has to put up with. You know, they live in a tin hut. Uh, and uh, sort of gangsters come around sort of once a week and demand a payment, uh, otherwise they'll pull, pull their hut down. Uh, when, when the guy wants to stand in a queue and the off chance of um, that at the end of the queue there might be a job for him for a day, he actually has to pay money to, to um, uh, be able to stand in that queue. You pay money to wait in line? For yeah, a job that just, might not be just, there. just to wait in line on the chance that he'll get a job at the end of the line. Uh, if you want your children to go to school, you have to pay bribes to the teachers. And uh, if, you, if you want any kind of medical attention, you have to pay bribes to the, to the nurses and the doctors and so on. I mean, that, that, that's what, that's what uh, very corrupt countries um, mean for uh, anybody who is not, uh, does not belong to the minority of rich people. 
Are, are there countries that have uh, moved around a lot that have improved or? or uh, yes, there are. There are countries. I mean, you get countries that have moved badly. I mean, like uh, Iran has gone quite substantially down. Um, interestingly. We talked to someone from Nigeria who, who was saying that um, Nigeria actually had jumped substantially when they tried to, you know, address corruption in some way. Um, yes. Um, I mean, they are uh, traditionally one of the most corrupt states in the world. So if they uh, seriously try to um, introduce anti-corruption legislation and appear to be doing something about it, so they don't just pass laws, but they're actually trying to enforce them, uh, then that has a very positive impact on the on the perception index. Right. But it, but it's um, a relatively slow process. It usually takes two or three years of continued effort before it begins to impact the perception index. Do you find that countries can rid themselves of corruption? Do you, do you see that looking at this list over the years? There are there are countries which have uh, improved over time. I mean, uh, South Korea improved quite a lot under its previous administration. The present president. Uh, is not so concerned about corruption. So I think they've even slipped back again. And, of course, that, that's another rather depressing thing, that countries can go down as well as up, um, uh, depending on the commitment of the leadership. Mm-hmm. But you can, you can introduce, particularly in specific areas, like, um, you know, most very corrupt countries have very corrupt tax administrations and customs administration, because those are, you know, they give the opportunity of collecting uh, revenues privately rather than passing them on to the state. And uh, there are good examples of countries that have uh, reformed the tax administration and customs um, to great advantage to their state because suddenly revenues increase dramatically. Do, do we find that c- countries, when they're able to rid themselves to some degree of corruption, is it is it through sort of force of will or is it is it that the country's developing economically and therefore there becomes a strong incentive to straighten it's, itself it's, out. Um, the, the, the best combination is both. Uh, so as a country gets richer, in, in fact, there's a very interesting book written just by, by an American economist who um, has pointed out that we've become more moral as we've become richer, which is, um, given the financial crisis, not perhaps the, the, most, uh, the most popular message these days, but um, it seems to be true. In other words, it was really, you know, over the last 500 years, society has become... Uh, much more law-abiding and uh, and so morally morally aware and trying to do the right things to to fellow human beings. You know, I was thinking it's interesting to look at corruption just in terms of perception of corruption. Like we had lunch with um, some Nigerian reporters from the Sahara Report dot com, and they were saying I was asking you know how people feel about just having to pay a bribe to cross a particular road somewhere. And he was like, oh, that's not corruption. Like People don't even think about that as That's just wages. Right. That's just going through your regular day. Yeah. I mean, I I think this question of how you measure corruption is is really interesting. And actually, we have another podcast coming up of a group of researchers who actually tried to really get a measure of corruption and they went out and dug up roads to do it. That's on a future podcast. That's coming up. Okay. In the meantime, we would love to hear your economic predictions for the coming year, where you think the planet will be January 1st, 2011. Unemployment rate, stock market inflation, GDP. Your dog's GDP, whatever. Personal indicators, they're fine, too. We want it all. Send them to planetmoney at npr.org or post a comment on our blog, npr.org slash money. I'm David Kestenbaum. And I'm Hannah Jaffe-Walt. Thanks for listening. You know the ills of the world. They can-
can get you down You know the ills of the world They can get you down